The Dashiell crew has a lot of answers to a lot of questions, and you just need to pick what 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 the question is, and then pick, and then apply the correct answer. Hi, friends. Craig here. Another Malifaux episode. This time, it's a deep dive into Dashiell Barker and the guard keyword. Two of my good friends, Jesse and Adam, take a step by step through just how flexible Dashiell is. I think you'll be surprised at how small their core crew is and how often uh, they can get to flex based off of the pool and the opponent. Make sure you stick around to the end. We have a really interesting discussion about discussing Malifaux in social media, what's great about it, and what's frustrating. Note that this was recorded before the most recent um, fixes that we saw in Gaining Grounds 1. Uh <laughs> You're going to listen to this and realize Dashiell was good then, but uh, he got a huge buff. Um, so pay attention when we talk about uh, the totem, because uh, the changes that happened to the totem had a huge impact. Enjoy. Playing a tabletop strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports, and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play, or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the Third Floor and the Tabletop Talk Broadcast. Craig here on the third floor. Today we're going to do a deep dive into the Guildmaster Dashiell Barker and how the guard crew works in Malifaux 3rd edition. My guests today are Adam Talbot and Jesse Watson. Now you likely know Jesse because he's been on the show before. He did a great deep dive on Lucius. Uh, He also played Lucius on one of our recent live streams. I'll have links to both the episode and that uh, video uh, for the live stream in the uh, show notes. So Jesse, welcome back to the third floor. Thanks for having me back. Now, the audience already knows about how you got into this because we covered it on uh, the Lucius cast. But I'd be interested, is there any other mini games out there that have either you're playing or that have piqued your interest? Um, I keep myself down to one game at a time, one minis game at a time, because there's just so much demand on the back end if you're really engaged with it. Yeah. Um, but I've been poking around some of the other games and had some fun, fun times and some not so fun times. Warcry. I'm sorry if Warcry community, you have lost me. Oh, really? What happened? <laughs> uh, I, I played one game of Warcry, and it did not matter. Yeah. Nothing I or my opponent did could possibly have changed the outcome of the game, the way the dice rolled. Yeah. And um, as you may have already found out, or you will by the end of this podcast, I can be a control freak. And if I can't control the outcome of the game, I don't want it. Well, it's part of what you like about Malifaux, right? Is I think... Um you know, I use the term all the time. It's got the most player agency of any minis game I've seen. Exactly. Yeah. Now you said there was a couple. So Warcry, No Bueno. Is there anything else that you've played or liked? Uh, you know, I was actually watching a game of TOS, the other side, ah. earlier tonight. Um, and I know that's not getting much attention, but ah, that looked really shiny. And oh. I've been hearing such good things about the play. Me too. Everybody that I talk to that plays the game loves it. And it seems to be the biggest crying shame that nobody's playing it because I've heard it's a little bit um, lighter than Malifaux, but it says it feels like you're playing a large scale game, but it's still a skirmish game the way that it's mm-hmm. the way that it's built. And, you know, and it's got 
really good, you know, schemes and strat type pools and stuff. And it, um, I'm hearing really good stuff about it. I actually had all of a whole bunch of Abyssinia and I ended up selling it, uh, just cause it just sat there. I never played it and I'm not going to play it until I paint it and I'm not going to paint it. So <laughs> I had to go. That's a, uh, it's a lot of paint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can barely get my, uh, freaking marble and, uh, Malifaux ship painted. So, um, now for those of you that are uh, active in the guild community, you likely know Adam. He plays out of the New England Conference. Um, if you're on a weird place, you probably know Adam because <laughs> how do I put this, Adam? You're an active contributor, uh, on a weird place. So, Adam, welcome to the third floor. Thanks for having me, Craig. I uh, haven't seen you in a bit, so it's nice to talk yeah, to you again. That is, uh, Adam's a good buddy of mine. He and I, um, so the last time I saw you was at Nova, not the most recent one, but the year before that. Yeah, it was the uh, the year before the edition change. It was the last Nova before the edition change. That's the last time I was down there. Yep. Um, Adam's a good dude. Good dude to have beers with. Um, are you going to come to Nova this year, do you think? I'm going to try. I'm going to hit up Gen Con for the first time this year. Nice. And, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping to get into the Masters. Uh, assuming we can get another slot in because one of my slots <laughs> got taken away. But uh, I missed a couple of tournaments uh, for family issues, so yeah. they put me into like the four spot. So I'm, I'm assuming I should be able to get back in there and then play my somewhere around that. Well, yeah, and you guys are getting in a good number of tournaments, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be a matter of you guys not having enough events. I think it's just going to be a matter of seeing if you can get another five, ten people playing, um, and uh, you uh, start uh, beating the crap out of the other New Englanders and moving up in the rankings. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I know we, we have a tournament coming up this month. We have another one coming up next month, and then we were talking earlier about adding Toronto into uh, yep. to our conference, so that should add the add the people right there. So, Adam, uh, the standard question I ask all new guests, which is, how did you get into mini games, and when did you find Malifaux? Jeez, I, uh, I've been playing mini games for over 20 years now. I started when I was like maybe 12. My, nice. father, my, my father and I walked into a random comic book store. They had War, Warhammer figures. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing, but they looked cool. Yeah. So we put them together and just kind of figured it out as we went along. Uh, played Warhammer Fantasy for Jesus, who knows how many years until they killed it eventually. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that you were part of that uh, fantasy crew. Yeah, I played I played fantasy for a long time. Uh, I didn't really get competitive with it until the last few years before the before the end times. Yeah. Um, when that died, I ended up playing War Machine for a while because I had to get that competitive fix. Now that yep. I had tasted it, uh, played War Machine for a few years. Mark II came, and then it went into an edition change, and it kind of lost me there. And then my friend John Chambers. He uh, owned a store in, in uh, my area. He said, hey, this game Alpha just brought this new edition in. It's the second edition. It's cleaned up a lot of stuff from the first edition. Try it out. And I immediately fell in love with it. And that's been pretty much your main game since, right? Yeah, I played that ma- mainly for the most part. I dabbled back into Age of Sigmar during the uh, during the edition change from yeah. 2E to 3E. And uh, it was fun for beer and pretzels, but it's just it's nowhere near the balance level that Malifo has for competitive play. Yeah, I hear it's um, I hear it's a good game, the AOS, and, and to your point, a kind of a beer and pretzels game. Um, what I'm starting to hear noise about, though, and it, this noise has always been the case for Warhammer 40k, but you're starting to hear it about AOS, is that uh, in order to play, you got to own like seven books, and they just keep putting a new book out like every week and every month. And I'm starting to hear people saying that they just can't keep track of what the rules are and the FAQs and things like that, which is. A problem that uh, was really a big contributor to me getting out of 40K is that I just couldn't stay on top of that. 
Uh, it was just the release schedule was too aggressive. But I've heard the core game is good. Not balanced, but fun. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the, it's the, you know, the age-old GW thing where they release a new army, its rules are bigger and better, so you buy it, and then they eventually FAQ the army into dirt, so you end up buying the new hotness, which is yeah. the next army they release. I mean, it's their business model, so yep. go into it yep. when you can. Well, and they put out some beautiful models. They so. do. All right, guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus on Dashiell Barker and the guard crew. And what I want to get from these guys is a sense of, um, you know, how do they play Dashiell and how do they play the guard crew? And especially uh, keep like the core crew, what are uh, the auto hires that they have? Um, what are hires that they flex in based off of maybe the opponent or maybe the scheme pool itself? And uh, we'll get into uh, some second level play and maybe even ways to uh, counter the guard crew. Um, so let's start off with you, Jesse. Can you give uh, the listeners a quick overview of Dashiell? So if somebody listening right now has never played Dashiell Barker or has never played against Dashiell Barker, how would you describe him? Uh, so Dashiell Barker is Guild's mainline summoner, which is to say he has a 1 AP ability to um, summon in a guard model, a minion, off of a scheme marker within 8 inches. And um, that's really, if you're not summoning every turn, you're or most every turn, you're probably not playing full Dashiell. Uh, and in addition to that, he has a suite of support abilities for working with his guard models. Uh, he comes in with foul mouth motivation, so he can heal and give a focus out to people. Um, and uh, a melee attack that can also use coordinated strike to combo with another melee model. Um, he's really meant to play, as I see him, um, in synergy with his guards. Mm -hmm. But there are some definite tech plays that you can do to bring him in. And uh, if you're in a multi-master community, uh, I think Dashiell Barker is definitely somebody to keep in your back pocket uh, as to bring in as a second or even a primary. Oh, gotcha. So a primary hire a second or, or, or hire him. Right. I mean, even just bringing him in as a second with somebody like a, a Lucius or a Nelly to keep your hand hot. Um, he'll be limited to summoning two models throughout the course of the game, two living models at a time right. throughout the course of the game. Um, but when he's summoning in a nine stone executioner, having two of those on the table definitely pays for bringing Dashiell. Plus, he has other abilities. Yeah, yeah. Adam, how about you? Is there uh, kind of a, 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 anything else that you want to add to that or um, that would kind of um, give people a better sense of Dashiell? No, I mean, he's, he's essentially, uh, he's the summoner of, of, the, uh, of the faction, but he's also passive support. Um, he doesn't have to spend AP to make his models better. They just get better from being around him. How which, so? Which kind of, it, well, he has an ability uh, called Shouting Orders that's a... Uh, Common in uh, a couple faction, uh, a couple keywords like Sandeep has it, um, Von Schill has it, and what it does is friendly guard models within six can discard a card and treat the concentrate action as a free action. That's so good. So it saves them AP and it costs Dashiell nothing to do. He just needs to be around them. Um, does cost a card? Well, it costs a card, yes, but I mean as far <laughs> as AP, um, right. it also time tends to bubble up a little bit. Um, because they want to benefit from that. But I tend to find that trying to benefit from all models for that is, is a trap. Right, right. Now, out of curiosity, with that kind of card discard, is there some card draw uh, that Dashiell brings as well, either uh, himself or in the crew? I mean, he's probably going to draw one card a term, not him himself, but through another, uh, his totem, the Dispatcher. Um, he can probably draw one card from him. Um, I tend to bring out of keyword models to help the card draw, or at least, if not help my card draw, eliminate the enemy's hand. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that way your control hands are a little bit more even. Correct. Got it. Um, so uh, 
Jesse, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about him offensively. Um, what are what are his attack actions? Uh, so outside of bringing in um, some beaters and some really good ranged options, first off, in keyword, basically everybody has a gun. So keep that in mind. You can always shoot him. Um, but his attack options are an axe, um, which he's going to be, um, I should say, a keyword ability uh, is pursue. So uh, all of the guard models have plus one on their attack actions versus models that have already activated. Oh, nice. Um, so they're going to be a bit playing a timing game. He's going to wait for you to bring in something, but then finish the activation. Then he's going to go after you with a stat seven axe. Um, which gives a couple of triggers. But again, we're talking about a support model because the triggers on here are giving shielded to friendly guard models, getting a coordinated attack. And his gun, on the other hand, the 12-inch gun, which will also be stat 7 if you've activated, um, is again a support. One of the triggers gives adversary guard. And the other trigger, which I think is really critical to Dashiell, is the drop it trigger. Okay. Which um, on a tome, not baked in, he has to stone for it to or have the high tome. Uh, he makes the enemy drop a scheme marker uh, where he can see it, and he he gets a better he, he gets better summons from that, right? If he's using an enemy scheme marker, absolutely. His summons become reasonable when he's summoning off of an enemy scheme marker. And what I mean by that is, when he summons, he uses a scheme marker. If it's a friendly scheme marker to him, it's the model cost plus six. Okay. So a six stone rifleman is going to take a twelve out of his hand, and things like the mounted guard. Um, is going to cost a red joker. Right. And the executioner is just not possible. Uh, however, if he summons off of an enemy scheme marker, whether they put it down naturally or he gets it through drop it, uh, then it's only cost plus four, which is the normal summoner cost. And the scheme marker goes away, I assume? Yes, it eats nice. the scheme marker. Okay, so there's, there's marker removal, uh, potentially a range then. What's the range on the summon? The range on the summon is eight. The range on the gun is 12. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, Adam, what's keeping Dashiell alive? Uh, Dashiell, he uh, comes with armor one, which is always nice. Um, he's also, like uh, like Jesse was saying, he's, he's a support master, so he's usually midfield. Right. Um, he also has laugh off, which is very handy, considering everybody triggers off of his bubble. Uh, he can't be moved by enemy, by enemy effects during uh, their activations. Um, he also has, uh, the keyword has another ability called loot their corpses, which uh, is very nice because he can more freely spend soul stones because he more easily gets soul stones because when one of his models with that ability ends their activation within two inches of a corpse marker, they remove that mar- uh, marker and add a soul stone. To very the nice. Very, is it very nice. creepy to say how much I enjoy eating everything with guard models? Because <laughs> so nice. so they nice. have multiple abilities for eating uh, ski markers, enemy ski markers. Yeah. Uh, they eat corpses. Uh, they have another model that'll eat scrap markers. Basically, if you drop it, they can eat it. That's nice. And That's nice. Weirdly pleasing. Well, and when you think about it, there's a lot of keywords out there that depend on all of those things, whether they be ski markers. Um, course markers are scrap markers, so that's really handy. So, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and now I want to. Ex- and when we get back, I want to expand on Dashiell, and let's talk about the crew itself. And I'm really interested to find out what uh, each of these guys consider their core crew. We'll be right back. All right, so now that we've got kind of a uh, 
an understanding of kind of where Dashiell fits in within the faction and uh, really what uh, what he's out there doing. Uh, let's learn a little bit more about the guard crew because as a support master, I think you know his keyword models are going to be really important. So, Adam, for you, um, let's start with the totem. Um, obviously, he's an auto hire because he's free. What is the totem doing for you? The totem is one of the most important models in the crew, actually, because he's going to get you those first few turns. He's going to get you those enemy scheme markers that you need to summon. How's that? Uh, he has a, his uh, free action is called Consolidate Power. Um, it's a range 10, stat 5, target number 10, friendly minion only. You push the target up to 4 inches towards the friendly model in its line of sight, usually the dispatcher. Uh, on the trigger for that, with a mask, uh, you hit the internal affairs trigger. You choose a friendly scheme marker within 2 inches of the target. You drop an enemy scheme marker into base contact with that scheme marker and then remove the, uh, remove the friendly scheme marker. So now, basically you needed five atomes or better. Uh, five of masks, yeah. Or masks, right. Now the trick with this is the dispatcher counts as a friendly scheme marker to friendly models. So when they push closer to him, he can trigger that and drop an enemy scheme marker into base contact with himself, take a point of damage, and then Dashiell can summon off of that. Oh, okay, nice. How many uh, wounds does he have? Uh, he has uh, only four wounds, but generally you have Dash with foul mouth motivation. You'll usually be another versatile model I, I generally hire with foul mouth motivation to keep him alive if I have to. Okay. Um, he also has an ability called Stay at Your Post, which is also helpful. Friendly guild minions within four inches of him can't be moved, just like Laugh Off. So you can't lure them out. You can't nice. switch them out. Uh, he's also insignificant. And he has manipulative. Low defense, low willpower, but he is manipulative. He usually wait until the end of the turn. Well, he's a, he's a totem, right? So um, that's that sounds pretty good. So what's your first hire? What are you spending your first soul stones on? Uh, I'm always hiring two riflemen right off okay. the bat. Two guild riflemen. Um, they're just, for me, I know some people disagree, but for me, they're the MVP of the Dashiell crew. Um, with the build that I take with Dashiell, I can usually get two focus shots out of them each turn. So nice. four focus shots a turn. Um, I like to refer to them as execute on a stick. Uh, I mean, they're one of the, one of the few, um, one of the few models with this much range that can put out an execute trigger. Uh, stand and fire. They have a big bubble of eight inches. So if something charges into that bubble, they auto take a point of damage. Um, they also have loot their corpses. They have pursue, which is huge on them because yep. they normally have a sat of five. But then if they're shooting a sat of six after you've already activated, a lot of stuff is going to go through. What's the range on that gun, Adam? Uh, the range is fourteen base. However, you can. He's a sniper, so you can lower the focus value uh, by one to treat the action as having an extra ten inches. So they wow. can really read out and reach out and touch somebody if they want to. Nice. They also uh, have expert shot, so they ignore friendly fire, which is going to be helpful when you're. That's jamming. a big deal. Yes. What's the uh, damage track on the gun? Uh, damage track is two three five. So you're really hoping to get those. You're really hoping to get those focus shots off. Yeah. But, but it does come with three triggers. Um, the armor piercing trigger on a tome ricochet, which uh, chooses another model within three inches, and it suffers one two four damage. Can't be cheated, and the uh, ever popular execute. Uh, what other auto hires do you have, Adam? Uh, I also hire um, the guild steward as oh, okay. a virtual model. He has um, he has the dispel magic action, which removes a condition. Dashiell's models come in with slow, so it's incredibly handy for the steward to remove that slow. He's also another source of foul mouth motivation to give out a heal and a focus. Um, so I'm usually taking him. He's another good support piece. He's also 
uh, has got. Let's talk about his defensive abilities because he's a he's not somebody you want to take out. No, no, he's definitely going to hurt you if you uh, if you end up going after him. I, I found that out playing Jesse at Nova. <laughs> yeah, he um, when you, when you, I don't have the card in front of me. I, I saw if uh, I don't have the stats in front of me right now. Well, yeah, just give us the general uh, idea. What's it do? Yeah, I know it's like a two, four, six. I think if you can. Uh, so his demise is after this model is killed by an enemy model, um, they suffer four, six, eight damage. It's huge, and uh, it's cheatable. Yeah, it's what's cr- what's crazy about it, and I and when so in fairness to Jesse, he told me right. He, he was he was open information, told me about what it did. And for some reason, I added a clause in my head that it had to be like in melee or he had to be close to it for it to happen. Like in my mind, he blew up. Right. So what I did is I think I hit you with a range, uh, the range attack from a rogue necromancy. And uh, uh, you spiked him for eight and killed him. (laughs) It was uh, it was. uh, And like I said, 100 percent my fault and my mistake. But son of a. Biscuit that uh, makes me hate that model. Um, so Adam, any uh, uh, so we've got two uh, riflemen that you bring in. Now, are they um, are they restricted to just two, or do you only bring two? Uh, no, you can have three. I only end up hiring two. Okay. Um, I do want to suspend on other things. I mean the the uh, guilds do it cost the same as the riflemen, so he's usually he's taken that spot that would be a third rifleman. Um, further on in the game, if you wanted to summon one in, they're cheap enough where you can summon one in without a terribly high card. Right. But those are your auto hires, everything else you flex in? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm generally taking at least one mounted guard as well because I love the mounted guard. What do they do for you? Well, I know you used to play when you. So much. Yeah, when you played second edition, uh, at the end of second edition, there was a model called Kentora. And we thought the Kentora were broken because they had that ride with me ability. And they would be summoned in by Nicodem, and then he would just carry, they, they would carry people around. Dashel does the same thing because he brings in mounted guard who have ride with me. They also have, I've got your back. Two of the most, two of the best as far as uh, like movement. Shenanigans you can come up, you can uh, come with. I mean, I've heard them both lauded on the on this podcast. Yeah, good, really good. Yeah, they're eight stones, uh, five five, which isn't great, but I mean, they have eight wounds. Uh, pursue also loot their corpses. They're unimpeded. Move That's seven. They're unimpeded. Oh, they're move seven. Move seven. Oh, unimpeded. Wow. And they're, I mean, they come in pregnant with a guard patrol, so they come in with a four a four stone model already built in on their demise when they die. They get replaced by a guard patrol with two wounds, and they drop a. Oh, that's kind of cool. So basically, you kill the horse, and then that's like a yeah. mini McCabe, <laughs> essentially. And they're dropping a corpse marker, so when the guard patrol goes, he's getting you another stone. Oh, nice, nice. So you get that's so really what the net cost ends up being is like three stones, then right? Three stones, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. How about you, Jesse? What does your core crew differ, um, if it does at all? Oh, it does. Um, though we definitely agree, Guild Steward should pretty much always be there. Um, something I don't remember right off if you mentioned it or not, but the Guild Sword also brings you protection money as a six-inch aura. Uh, when an enemy ski marker is dropped within six, this model may draw a card. Oh, nice. So if you're using drop-it triggers and the enemy's yep. close to you, you're getting a card. But also that stacks with um, the bonus action on your totem. Uh, so the bonus action on the totem swaps and it drops an enemy ski marker. So and that trigger automatically draws a card. Plus, you'll get another card off your steward. So this trigger that you really have to get anyway, right. you're gonna be drawing two cards back from. I got it, got it. Um, which in a crew that really doesn't have much card draw, that's massive. Um, I would normally bring one rifleman. 
I don't go for the execute as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that later. I just don't different preferences um and very often i'll have a mounted guard as well uh because if i'm bringing dashel it's because i'm looking for movement and mobility and nothing is going to do that better than the mounted guard yeah um sometimes i'll drop an executioner if i think it's going to be brawly early but eh, i can summon them um my next two mentions that are different however uh and these might be taking those second and third rifleman slots uh are i like the sergeant if I'm really going for movement. And what's so the, the sergeant, sergeant is the seven stone minion, and it is absolutely a support model. Uh, it comes in with a six inch aura that when a, a guard model activates near them, they get plus one move. Nice. So that seven move mounted guard is now an eight move. God, that's good. Mounted guard. Um, they also have um, a decent gun. It's actually a higher stat than the rifleman, but they don't get the as scary triggers. Right. Um, but they can consolidate power, which is a big thing in guard is a lot of bonus actions that move your model towards a friendly model. Uh, they've got creep along, they've got consolidate power. Um, and as well as on patrol has, I need backup. This is the upgrade that comes when you summon a model, gives you a bonus action to move uh, a friendly model towards you. Um, so there's a lot of bonus actions to move each other towards each other. Um, and the sergeant, works with that. So, you know, your sergeant can move up, drop the scheme marker you're going to use to set up Dashel, and then bonus action, have somebody important move four inches towards them and give you that boost for running downfield. The first time I played your Dashel, Jesse, I think that was the biggest thing that I was amazed at is the all of the hidden little movement that happened. I mean, right. uh, you know, Adam mentioned that it's a bit of a bubble, but it's a fast bubble. Um, I, I, I completely was taken off guard the first time I played uh, guard. Nice, nice one. Um, I was very surprised um, at just how quickly everybody was able to move up. Um, And that's not even getting into the mounted guard abilities, but those little tiny pushes that you're talking about um, can be a big deal. So after the Sergeant, is there any other auto hires? Yeah. Uh, Taggart Keeg. I'm never really sure how to say it. I know. I know Adam and I are on very different pages with this guy. So this is Dashiell's only henchman right now. This is all he's got. Uh, and there are people who hate him. There are people who don't understand him. And then there's a, a few of us who, who think he's awesome. Um, so Tiger Keek, eight stone henchman. He's got pursue like anybody else. He has loot their corpse like anywhere else. Um, and then his front of card starts changing. Um, if a guard model within four would gain focus, it can suffer damage to instead gain fast. Okay. So you're handing out focus with your foul mouse motivations, um, you can take a model from 2AP to a 3AP model if you need to travel down the field. Yep. Now, if you're brawling, not much of a valuable exchange. If you're trying to travel mileage, it's amazing. And remember, I bring Dashel for movement. Right. Um, the second thing that I would bring up with them is friendly guard minions that activate within four may push up to three in any direction. Which means you have a moving bubble of free AP. They're going to activate. They're going to get out of engagement. They're going to get three-inch push towards wherever they need to go. And remember, I already talked about um, taking that mounted guard. Yep. And you move them up with the um, sergeant. You consolidate power towards the sergeant. You move Keeg up. You foul mouth, or you have a foul mouth motivation on him that turns into a fast. And then when that mounted guard activates, it's going to be eight move, fast. It's going to get uh, a three-inch push off of Keeg. Right. It's got Ride With Me for another five inches of push, and it's moving eight with each move. It can drop two bombs turn one. That's cool. Easy. 
um, which is what I would bring it for. Yeah, and, and it sounds like there's a little bit of Rube Goldberg going on there. Um, yes. You definitely have to, you know, do A, B, C, then D. But boy, if you're able to pull that off, that's efficient as hell. And then, yeah, and that's it's a turn one, turn two, and then odd moments in the rest right. of the game. But for what he does for me that's really valuable later in the game is uh, on both his melee and his gun, he has a trigger for heals. Um, and he also has a coordinate attack trigger again, which I'm a big fan of for helping an executioner punch more. Yep. But those heals can be really clutch in saving a model. You've got an executioner on that one hit point for hard to kill. Heal him up, and it's going to take so many more AP to drop him again. Somebody's trying to assassinate Dashel. I have, gosh, four or five times just off the top of my head I can think of. I've saved Dashel from that first assassinate point through healing through the whip. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so out of curiosity, Adam, uh, Jesse hinted that you don't think he's a good model. Where do you think Quig lacks, or, or how many stones do you think he should be? Yeah, so I think he's definitely overcosted. I think it a lot. I think a lot of the difference is it comes to playstyle difference between me and Jesse. Jesse does all, he he's bringing Dashel for strictly for movement. The right. way I play Dashel, I'm playing Dashel as he has a core fire base, which is him, his rifleman, and the steward, and the dispatcher. And then I play kill teams with the mounted guard and maybe an executioner or something else that hits. And I'll have them run and do schemes as independent teams, and I'll have my fire base in the middle. So for me, Queek doesn't keep up is the problem. Right. Right. That's fair. For me, Queeg, he'd be plinking my rifleman for fast, and he's just damaging my rifleman when all I could do is just give them focus, and that's what right. they were going right. to do with the fast. Um, if I was going to take him, he would, like Jesse was saying, he would be like a turn one, turn two, and then I don't find much use for him after that. Um, Got it. A lot of the reason also being he's defense five with eight wounds and pretty much no defensive abilities whatsoever. He dies to a stiff wind. He's one of my few uses... Few regular uses of leadline coat, and I understand that raises his price point even more. Yeah, and I and I think I think if he came in even a stone cheaper, maybe even just one stone cheaper, I think he I would find a lot more play with him. But right. at eight stones, I can either go one stone up and hire the jury, which I find is better for my my play style, or I can go down mm-hmm. and hire a lawyer who is also giving out the obeys, which is essentially going to give my models the extra movement they need and at a different time. Yeah. So out of curiosity, Adam, you, I mean, we already talked about the steward. Um, is there any other versatile models in Guild that you're bringing into a Dashiell crew? And if so, when and why? Uh, yeah, so I, I've liked taking Alice and Dade, actually, into my Dashiell crews. And uh, a big reason for it is the blackmail ability, which I find extremely useful. Um, blackmail is a uh, attack against willpower, six inches, with a built-in... Tome, and you target an enemy model, non-leader. Uh, if you hit, the target can discard up to two cards. Uh, if it doesn't discard those cards, I get a pass token for each one it didn't discard. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Now the trick is the built-in uh, the built-in tome trigger. There's more to the story. I can then discard any number of pass tokens for each discarded pass token. I draw a card. Oh, so. Okay. It's either going to reduce their hand, which makes my executes easier to get off with my rifleman, or it's going to give me pass tokens so I can pass the activations to get my rifleman to go last, which makes them hit, hit easier and harder. Right. Or it's going to get me more cards if I've been discarding cards to get focus and hopefully fish for those high crows. Very, very nice. That's um, Yeah, I can see how that could work. Um, the one thing that... And, well, I, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this, Adam. It, it sounds like there's a lot of efficiency and a lot of power. 
but there is there's a lot of synergies that depend on activation order and action orders. Um, do you consider that a big challenge when you play Dashiell? Is it a high learning curve to try to make all of this happen? No, no, not really. I mean, I I generally keep my riflemen to go last. I want my riflemen to go last. I want them to have the best ability they can to pull off any number of their tricks that they need to do. Um, this the Dashiell crew has a lot of answers to a lot of questions. And you just need to pick what, what what the question is, and then pick and then apply the correct answer. Um, riflemen have a lot of those on their card. They have armor piercing. They have execute. Right. Um, I mean, they can they can hand out a they can hand out distracted if they wanted to. Uh, they can put they they also have the drop it uh, the drop it trigger, so they can force schemes uh, schemes to go down. Um, so generally, what you want to do is you want I, I generally have a mounted guard. And my executioners go first. Generally, my mounted guard to get things where they need to go. Um, executioners will follow after that. Hopefully, after something that's already activated, then they'll melee stat seven with their executioner clause, um, working all the way down up until the rifleman. So, Jesse, how about you? Is there any uh, versatile models or maybe even out of keyword models you flex in sometimes? Uh, yeah. There are some that I'll bring in. Um, I've brought actually the peacekeepers done me really well. Sometimes people aren't expecting that armor, um, but if I was to play center, like if I need to hold a spot really hard, at, I think that's actually something that guard struggles with because you may have noticed or may not we haven't mentioned many defensive abilities. Right? They are paper. I mean, their their core ability is they're going to eat the body of their friends after they die, and they're going to try to do more damage before they go. Um, so bringing in the occasional um, you know peacekeeper uh, can actually help surprise people and throw that off. Um, I do I like Allison Dade. My struggle, and this is just this is just different play styles, is the same that um, actually that you have Adam with Keegs. I just think she's overcosted for for getting me cards. Basically, if my opponent chooses to discard. Absolutely, you've just you've just set yourself up to be executed. But I mean, I find too often that once my opponents realize there's a potential execute, they get real cagey with their cards, and so the draw is nice. But am I paying nine stones for it? Right. Um, so instead, and this is another eight cost actually out of keyword, and I know this is personal preference. Undercover reporter, because if I'm bringing Dashel, it's movement, it's placement, and there's almost I, if there are no schemes that require dropping scheme markers. Dashiell's going to really suffer. Yeah. So if I'm bringing him, there's at least two schemes, maybe three or even four, that bring that drop scheme markers. Well, Undercover Reporter makes it so that the opponent just has nothing they can do with scheme markers. Um, just locks it down. Because once you've got the pressure from Dashiell eating scheme markers, once you've got the pressure from, um, from me, Keeg, who can do things to the scheme markers, and uh, executioners who eat scheme markers... The undercover reporter also just eats scheme markers left and right. And it gets to a point of, yeah, my opponent cannot score these schemes. Flat cannot play them. Well, and, you know, if you get matched up against Colette, you're doing more than just preventing scoring. You're disabling the crew. Um, By the way, I love Allison Dade. I think I would just use her differently. (laughs) That's something I really love about this aspect. Adam and I have, like, these different play styles, but I like I'm down with it still. (laughs) It makes sense to you, even though you don't play it. Yeah, she also has uh, her free action is impassioned defense. She gives shielded two, and she also draws a card. So you stick that on an executioner and like throw yeah. him in the middle of the field. I mean, when, I know we're not talking like there's not a lot of defensive abilities, but I mean they're hard, they're hard to kill. You want them floating around the halfway point because they have grit executioner. They have a built-in heal uh, with shielded on them. I mean, they're, they're, it's hard to put one down in one round. 
Well, I would just want to, I would want to drop my one more question in that case, you know, get the executioner up beside somebody. One more question. I just slowed you, distracted you, maybe did extra damage. So you're slow and distracted and you're engaged with an executioner. Oh, yeah, there's tons. And especially with <laughs> the, uh, her, her, um, I knew you were going to do that on the front of her card. She has a six inch bubble. Oh, yeah. When you declare a trigger, she can just discard oh, yeah. a card and the trigger doesn't happen. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you can either use that defensively, like if you can, if you want to keep her around Dashiell and somebody's coming in for the alpha strike and they're relying on their triggers to keep you in onslaughts or whatever it is, you can just shut that down. No, that's not happening. That's or, huge. or even an execution, uh, uh, you're attacking an, an enemy master and they have one of those key defensive triggers that they're going to pop. Nope, that's not going off either. Well, that's, that's a, she's a great, sounds like a great tech pick if they declare thunders. No, she's, she's a oh, fantastic yeah. pick. Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, also brings up another thing, um, and you can deny also defensive triggers so you can lock down a tony or a colette with that exactly um but also the executioner locks down defensive yes. triggers. And this goes back to what adam was talking about where you have answers for things um a definite through line in the guard keyword is pressure you apply pressure strategic pressure because if they want to drop schemes they're you're going to make it hard if they're trying to get dig their graves you're going to eat the bodies and yep. the markers um if they're trying to do long range hit the corners you're your mounted guard's going to be standing right there waiting for them. And they're going to take an execution uh, and, with them. Right. <laughs> and if they're really relying on some clutch resistance trigger, you have that answer and you can easily drop an analysis date as well. That's um, nice. And knowing, I'd say one of the skill cap tests in Dashiell is knowing when and what to bring for that. And so when I was talking about my, you know, my always bring models, I actually, I have a list. I have a long list of models that I can change in and out to make it happen. Well, that's good, especially if you know when to do it, right? So that you've got enough games in to know that, you know, these are my picks when we do that. When we cover the different scheme pools, I'll be very interested to hear what those tech picks are. So, Adam, it's my understanding that Guild is very unique as far as all of the other factions, because Guild, I hear, only has one versatile uh, upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) Where most other ones have three. (laughs) There's one upgrade that I can see getting used on many different models all the time. Leadline coat. It's basic. It's white bread, but it's pretty good. Yeah. The other upgrade that I can also see a use for on maybe two models is Expert Marksman. And the only two models I would take that on are Sonya and Nino because they have the trigger built in for armor piercing. Right. But otherwise, I can't see ever taking that upgrade. No prisoners I can't see taking on anything. It just doesn't provide enough. Right, right. So out of curiosity, who gets Leadline Coat in a Dashiell crew? Uh, it depends. Uh, if assassinates in the pool, Dashiell, he's going to get it. That brings him up to armor two. Uh, he's going to be playing far enough back anyway. Uh, he has not his heel, but the other foul mouth motivation from the steward is, a, is is enough to usually put him up. And he has stones that he can usually get fairly frequently. Um, so usually Leadline Coat's possibly going on him. Uh, if there's a reason I really want to tank an Executioner, I can put it on him, plus the shielded from Allison Dade, throw him in the middle, and he's going to be tough to take down. And eventually when he does come down, I'm just going to bring in another executioner. Right. That's interesting. I never take Leadline Coat on Dashiell because he already has a Leadline Coat. It's just it, like the card <laughs> art for Leadline Coat is Dashiell's coat. You he, ar- sometimes. he already has armor and he already has a laugh off. And I just look at it you know, from the numbers perspective. Uh, that's two stones. And each stone that I use reducing damage is typically two. Right. So that's four points of damage reduced. Um, the armor would have to 
receive hits four times before it's doing the same amount of work. And those stones are more flexible in how I apply them. So if you if you do use leadline coat, uh, where do you put it? Uh, so like I said, if I'm, you know, if I'm bringing in Keeg, which is going to be running, he's squishy. Adam is not wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, same if I brought in a, an Allison date, I'd consider it because she has a timing problem with, you know, her only defense is manipulative and you got to activate somebody early. Yeah. And she's one you'd want to go before your later models. Um, so there is one tech pick where I'll sometimes bring no prisoners. So no prisoners gives a minion run and gun and the grenade ability. And if I'm bringing Dashiell into what feels like it can be a really fighty list, like if I was going to run Dashiell in um, Reckoning, I wouldn't. But if I was, <laughs> I wouldn't typically. Uh, I would bring the Death Marshal Recruiter, which is a model that I think is actually better in Guard than it is in Marshals. Why is that? Uh, so it's expensive. It's a eight stone minion in keywords, so you're paying nine. But um, if a living minion, so it doesn't count the dogs, but all the other models, the living minion dies within five of it, you can ditch a card to replace it with um, a, uh, a death marshal. Oh, okay. Well, you have a lot of squishy, low-cost minions. And you can just replace them with a death marshal. Is it an everyday pick? No. But if I do bring that, it needs to be in the right place. And I want to make sure that I'm not paying nine stones just to stump around with that model. I'll occasionally drop no prisoners on that. And this is like the only place in the game outside of a weird family list that I have that I'll use no prisoners um, is so that they can run and gun to where they need to be and still be providing something um, mid game. Very nice. Well, gentlemen, I think that gives us a good uh, kind of a look and feel for how you both kind of uh, approach dash. And I really like the fact that you guys have a lot of overlap, but you have two unique play styles. And it's interesting to hear how the core crew difference based off of those play styles. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. When I get back from this break, we're going to really find out how these guys, um, when do they bring Dashiell? So what is what are the uh, strategies they think uh, the guard crew does well in? And uh, what are some schemes that they like to see? And what are some schemes that they counter? So we'll be right back. Howdy friends, Greg here. Nothing makes Malifaux easier than having the right tools. Here at the third floor, we love all the licensed Malifaux goodies from Custom Meeple. Not only are they helping support this podcast, they sell custom-made weird licensed tokens and terrain. They sell it all. Crew boxes, terrain, markers, tokens, and even a 3x3 full Malifaux board. Custom Meeple sells a complete M3E token set covering every marker and token you need to play. Custom Meeple are the source for the official accessories for Malifaux. Everything is designed by hand and authorized by Weird Games. Check them out at custommeeple.com, that's with one M, or follow the link in the show notes. Up your Malifaux game and be sure to tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. If you use the promo code third floor friend, all one word, T H I R D F L O O R F R I E N D, you'll get a 5% discount and help support the podcast. It's valid on everything except retail products and playmats. mats. 
So, you know, these are, I mean, compared to other keywords, these are pretty small core crews, um, which I think is very interesting. Um, And I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to start hearing about a lot of other models as we get into, you know, the pools that are being declared and maybe even the opponent uh, uh, faction. So for you, Adam, um, of the four strategies, is there one strategy that automatically puts Dashiell in the mix? Now, you may not take them depending on the rest of the pool, but is there a strategy that Dashiell loves? Yeah, see, talking before about my play style, I have a I have a firebase and I have my mobile kill teams. So usually I'm bringing him into turf war. Um, I get my firebase in back. I'm protecting my own markers. My kill teams are going into the enemy territory. They're forcing the action on their side and they're picking up their markers, killing models on their side. Uh, it's usually it's all the pressure all the time on the enemy, and I love him in turf war. So Adam, when when you bring them into turf war, is there any key models that you will bring in with it? So maybe models we haven't talked about as part of the core crew, but models that you think perform well in turf war. Uh, no, in turf war, I'm, I'm basing a lot on my core crew, uh, the riflemen. They're my fire base. They're going to be picking off enemy models in their territory, flipping their markers. Um, I'll probably in that case, I'll bring two mounted guard. Got it. Um, just so I can bring the extra speed, maybe one executioner, so I can bring him into the enemy lines and start causing that pressure right away. Um, and then anything else that comes in will just be summoned in based on need or where how the game is flowing at that time. Now, um, any, of the remaining three, Adam, is there any other ones that Dashiell does decent in? Uh, yeah, I, could, I like taking him in uh, Corrupted Idols, actually. A uh, big reason because I can summon in cheap minions that I don't care about, and they can go and kick those markers right over onto the other side. And if they die, they die. I'm just going to bring more in. Right, and you're going you're gonna to get used out of those corpse markers, so that's good. How about you, Jesse? Do you, uh, do you agree with uh, Adam? Are those really kind of the two that you would look at, or is there, do you think he has play elsewhere? Uh, I really like him for turf for the exact same reasons. And actually, I played a turf game with Dashiell tonight to remind myself some of the stuff. And it was the same thing. You know, you set your you set up your your gun line right here, and I would send my mounted guard to reach into his backfield with thirty two inches of movement and tag, you know, nodes in the back or do what I need to do. Uh, I also like him into plant explosives for basically the same procedure. Right. Um, I don't take him into idols. Primarily because Lucius and Nelly exist. Right. And I just think they have more tools for that job. Um, but I can see the logic, certainly. And I think yep. that's the same way that a lot of other uh, factions are playing it is the speed game. We just happen to have a couple other models that play that mode in a way I prefer. I can, well, I completely agree with Jesse. I mean, Nelly is is made for idols. Um, I mean, there's no reason to not take her unless you're just not comfortable with that keyword. Um Dashiell has some play in it. Nelly obviously is the stronger choice, but I mean, Dashiell can really play into most things. The only thing I wouldn't take him in is reckoning. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, it um, and that's one thing that people need to always keep in mind, especially if you've got you know four or five keywords in your faction, is that it, you know you can sit here and argue all day long whether Dashiell's good into corrupted idols or not, but there's always competition and you know you're you're going to want to pick the keyword that does the best for that unless there's some sort of intel you've got that says otherwise you know because there are some hard counters to different keywords um but whenever we talk about this stuff i think it's i think it's crucial to talk about the competition um and i think that the idea of the journalist being competition for guard um, is as a perfect example of that. So um, out of curiosity, Jesse, um, what are some schemes that if they're in the pool and you have Dashiell, you're almost an auto, auto pick? 
Uh, so again, I prefer the mobility and diving. So this is one of the crews I'll actually look at breakthrough. I'll look at outflank. Um, I like search for it. Mounted guard can a solo mounted guard can get you most of your search points. Yeah, with that ride um, with me. Yeah, right. With ride with me. Um, but I think one of the really notable ones is hold up. Um, and this is this is when I'll get the puppies in play occasionally, or the wardens. Um, is hey, I need somebody engaging so and so at the end of the turn. I'm going to summon, uh, you know, maybe a rifleman and a three stone puppy, and that puppy is going to be right here. It's going to be right where I need him to be engaging you. And he may not get much of an activation, but he doesn't have to. He's right there. Yeah, he's right to the point. <laughs> um, or a warden, which is um, we actually talked about it briefly during the break, uh, is a five stone summon that you can get um, five hit points, armor two. Nice. That sucker's tough for yeah. five stones. And you're just like, oh, do I need to uh, deny claim jump or get a hold up? Thunk. Yep. Yep. And, and, and especially for that cost uh, to have a have a uh, a model that that if they don't have the to have a way to deal with that armor, that could be nasty. Um, uh, Adam, uh, are there. Uh, any schemes outside of what Jesse talked about that you like, Dashlin? I mean, you can pull off power ritual if you're doing either corner or flank. Uh, sure. your, your mounted guard are fast enough where they're going to get to the other end. And Dashlin's usually staying in the back anyway, so you can just pitch that pitch that scheme marker in the back, and then the, the horses can go and run the rest. Uh, but yeah, also hold up their forces. I can't I can't stress that enough. It's, it's easily one of his best best schemes. Uh, just because wardens exist, because wardens exist, and that's what they do. Well, and what's great about that is that very often who your opponent, that's going to be a dead scheme to them, which automatically gives you a lot more uh, flexibility because uh, you're playing with a lot more choices than they are because they've already said, I'm never going to take that, <laughs> which a lot of a, a lot of keywords. Well, I'll also take a vendetta because I have because I have six stone riflemen and they can sure. reach out and touch you and they ignore friendly fire so I can shoot something engaged with the next executioner and then murder with the executioner and just get all my points. Well, and again, when we talk about pools and making decisions about the keywords, just the fact that that, that they can handle um, and get work out of Vendetta and they can handle and get work out of hold up their forces suddenly makes them viable for certain pools because those are two dead schemes for a lot of keywords. Um, so I like that a lot. Jesse, you were going to say something? Uh, just that um, even though I'm less excited about riflemen, they are my go-to vendetta model in so many cases. I'll bring them out of keywords sometimes like, yeah, I'm just going to sit him way back here, 24-inch range. I'm going to get the vendetta when I need it, and he's just going to chill in the back. Even, and even the 14. 14 is a long, long way. It is. And if you can get double focus shots out of a rifleman, I mean, you're putting in generally three, five damage for each shot. It's, I mean, they'll take something down way above their, their price. Well, and the fact that they ignore engagement is the big part. They ignore engagement. They can ignore armor. I mean, I have I've had a game. I had a game where I was playing my friend Jared. He's a outcast player uh, up in my meta. He's a very good outcast player. He was trying out the Vix. He's not sold on the Vix. He was trying them out. And in I think the fourth turn of our game, I had an executioner execute both Vix in the same turn. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> yeah, execute when it works. You feel like 
wrong but good but good, but good. <laughs> oh, it, so good i've been i've been i've dealt it and i've been on the receiving end of it and it is brutal it is brutal when you just look at your hand you know i don't have the cards i don't have the stones well the thing is with the positive flips from the focus and with the extra the, the plus one from pursue i mean you're getting off more executes than you think you're actually getting you're either flipping those crows or by the end of the turn i mean something like a nine or a ten is going to beat them you're forcing a lot of resources out of their hands you're forcing out a lot of stones eventually those executes are going to go through yeah yeah no and you know the discards that we talked about as well um i I think some of my disconnect on this may be um just how much time i've spent playing lucy and so i just have a different set of expectations um in that i expect that turn you know activation two or three i can have my opponent with a nil hand and then i'm forcing those executes through on a model that can stone for it um so i think that's just the difference is I'm expecting this version, whereas you're going to grind them down the yep. way you're playing. But it works. I mean, so, honestly, I, mean, I, I, lo- I love Lucius as a second master when I want to be cheeky and play a second master. Lucius with Dashiell is, is incredible because you talk about that bubble, just him walking. Everything's a minion. Everything yeah. he's coming in is a minion. So when he's walking, you're getting that extra three inch push. When you get when you he's given out his issue orders, he can issue it out to everything. He can put out the double. Uh, he can help put out the double shots on the rifleman. He can get extra shots out of things. He can move stuff. He's just a, all around a solid, solid second master for. And that's yeah. really interesting because I think um, all I've really heard about is Lucius as the uh, master hiring uh, Dashel. But right there, right there, Adam, you're making a hell of a case for hiring Lucius. There's a solid case for bringing in Lucius. Um, and I would add, you know, you summon in models that are slow. They gain slow when they gain the upgrade. Well, Lucius can make that model take an AP. Very often it's going to be a focus or a move to position. And uh, with a five of tomes, he can strip that slow condition. Yep. Or you can even take uh, something I think we missed with the steward, yet another reason why he's great. Um, one AP action to take the slow to take a condition away can take the slow off um and has a trigger not baked in to give focus which if you're like me and you have key i just took a model from slow to fast in one ap which is usually how i get my double focus shots off of my rifleman i'll usually have dash will give him foul mouth motivation one of them they're getting a focus the uh, steward's giving the other one focus and then they're both using their zero actions to focus so double focus shots stack stack boom so adam um if uh, I'm at a tournament and my opponent declares um, uh, Dashel, what are schemes that I that are dead dead schemes to me? What schemes should I not be picking if I'm going up against a guard crew? I wouldn't take breakthrough because why I'm, is that? Because I'm going to turn your scheme markers into my models. All right, well, yep. I wouldn't yep. take Thank you. and they'll be nice Thank and close, you. right? Exactly. <laughs> um, I wouldn't take dig because you're probably not going to get that second point because I'm eating yep. your corpse markers and I'm getting soul stones for those. Harness the ley line, that'll be close enough to Dashel to help deny that. Generally, anything that has scheme markers that are anywhere near my side, which is most scheme marker schemes, uh, Dashel can just turn those into my models. I mean, search the ruins. They have to be on my side. I'm going to turn those into my models, Um, especially if you're taking the undercover reporter, which is if in a pool like that, you're probably going to take. So you definitely don't want to take scheme marker schemes against him and probably stay away from Dig. I think it's one of those cases where um, you know the sum is more than the parts. Uh, the amount of pressure he can put on schemes, uh, when you add up all the ways that he can counter bodies and scheme markers and everything, um, that's where you're you're running into. And 
a sort of passive denial list in a lot of ways. And uh, I think a lot of people can miss that. And I've seen people bring in, you know, dig, I've seen them bring in search and I'm just looking at it as they start trying to score their search. And I'm like, well, I told them. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for resources. Thank yeah. you. Um, I'll summon off of that. Gladly. You just made it easier for me. Well, and it kind of gets into what we talked about before with, you know, the fact that you've got some versatility and that you're able to take schemes that normally others aren't taking. If the pool is, you know, has got vendetta, if the pool has got a uh, hold of their forces and a couple scheme marker things, suddenly they're, they're making suboptimal choices when they're picking their schemes. Right. And, um, that that brings power to your keyword. So even though you're actively maybe not be doing anything, the fact that they're picking schemes that are less than ideal for their keyword uh, can be a real big deal. Guys, let's take a quick break. When we get back from this break, I want to talk about um, some of the learnings that happens once you've played Dashiell 5, 10, 15, 20 times. And then we'll talk about how to counter a guard crew. We'll be right back. Howdy friends, here on the third floor you'll find us playing Malifaux and other games on Mats by Mars. They are scratch-resistant, waterproof, wet-erase Markle-compatible, and lighter than neoprene. These mats use a new material that almost eliminates any glare. Mats by Mars gives you over 40 designs to choose from. Pick a mat size, pick a design, then choose an overlay like the one for Marvel Crisis Protocol or Malifaux 3rd Edition strats and schemes. It's going to speed up your deployment and the placement of strategy and objective markers. Until the end of June 2020, you can use the new promo code THIRDFLOOR620 to get a 10% discount on your next order. In the notes, you can ask for the Third Floor Wars logo to be put on your mat for free. Again, use the promo code THIRDFLOOR620, that's T-H-I-R-D-F-L-O-O-R-620, to get a 10% discount. All the details are in the show notes. So guys, um, one of, this is probably my favorite segment at all of these deep dives. Um, I, I love finding out some of the uh, hidden strengths or hidden tricks that uh, are often in these keywords. And there's stuff that you just don't see when you read the card. And really, you don't see your first couple games with it as you're trying to figure the crew out. But stuff that you tend to uncover after you've gotten your reps in. So Jesse, what are some things that Dashel, new Dashel players can look forward to figuring out? Uh, the overlapping, the getting that balance right between killers and supports. So, you know, thinking about who is supporting the killer to do the job and how are they positioning them? How are they giving them focus? Like, what are they doing to make that happen? And making sure that you time, you know, your supports before you activate your killers so they'll pursue and all of that. Um, and so that really means you need to be thinking through the whole turn. Um, not waiting for your activation and then going, hmm, who am I going to activate? You should really know your your next three activations right. pretty well and have that planned out. Um, and that's if you're going, you know, heavy dashel keyword crew. Splashing him elsewhere is a is a, a kind of a different question. Um, also, accepting death. It's okay. They're going to die. Yeah. Just make sure they die well. And sometimes the best way to die is just to run up and be in a place where you need them to die mm-hmm. um, so that you can then eat their corpse and outposition the enemy and things like that. Uh, your models are glass. 
they win through supporting each other and teamwork um, and um, eating their bodies of their friends after they die. But it sounds like, Jesse, accepting that fact and getting the most out of them, knowing that they're not going to survive, sounds like a big deal. Yes, absolutely. How about you, Adam? What are things that you noticed uh, the more you played Dashiell? Uh, first, I'm going to agree with Jesse. The uh, huge strength of this crew is that, um, one, they have, they have a variety of models that get summoned in, their versatility, and two, their expendability. You can chuck something into the enemy, you can jam them up, and it's okay. If they last two turns, great. They're going to just summon in another one. Uh, it's, it's, it's huge. I've, I've preached it countless times in the Guild, uh, the Guild Facebook chat. I, I can't agree more. Uh, another thing I've found from playing multiple games with Dashiell is we were talking about just a little earlier the passive scheme denial. Um, it just you, just you doing what you do as Dashiell is going to force the opponent to pick certain schemes, and right. then you can look at the schemes and determine which ones they're going to take and prepare for those. And if they mm-hmm. do happen to take one of the ones that you can easily counter, well, then that's Thank also you. your benefit. <laughs> right. Um, but you can usually narrow it down to, okay, he can't take this. He can't take breakthrough. He can't take lay lines. He's probably going to take claim jump. Well, now I can ensure right. that I have my executioner or something in the center of the board or maybe a warden to prevent them from doing that. Right. Uh, I think that's that's actually one of the biggest things I found with Dashiell is his passive scheme denial is, is a big, big thing. Absolutely second that. Yeah, what what is uh, what is the guard crew afraid of? Um, I, I mean, we hear we're hearing some really good things, and I I think probably the most fascinating thing that we've talked about is this this concept of his pressure on the scheme pool, which I think is really interesting. But I, I'd be curious to know um, what do you what do you hate to see? Um, so it is a gun line. It is a ranged crew, but there are some outcast crews that will happily engage you and win. So yeah. uh, Rusty Alice is still going to blow you out of the water. A Parker crew is going to be rough days. Um, and so you've got to watch out for that because you know a lot of your advantage is getting to shoot them a couple of times before they get to you. Right. If they don't have to. Um, s- models and crews that don't have to play normally. And here I'm thinking, I guess, I guess outcast again tara um can be a struggle because while you have answers for a lot of things um you don't have answers for all the things necessarily and there are still going to be those weirdos to get to you last i would throw out i guess that's anybody can have a struggle with that um you are running bubbles at least to start so blasters and heavy shockwave crews are a very real threat but that's also a skill cap question know when to leave your bubble know where to have it, but it puts pressure back on you to make the right choices there. Adam, is there anything that you've seen opponents do that um, really put the pressure on you as a Dashiell player? Um, yeah, so other Alpha Strike crews, particularly, like you were saying, um, a lot of the stuff. Alpha Strike crews are things that can outrange you early on. Again, mm-hmm. outcasts. Outcasts are generally a problem. Uh, by one of my main opponents plays outcasts, and it's constantly just a pain. Um, other things, things that also eat corpse markers. Oh, interesting, right? Because they are taking away your resources as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nephilim, uh, any of the countless resurrectionist guys that needs corpse markers, um, they're taking away your soul stones. Yeah. And if you didn't plan accordingly for that, you're going to run out. And yep. it's going to be hard to get your summons off. Um, if you do get your summons off, it's going to be hard to keep Dashiell kicking because he's not going to have that extra layer of defense. So I tend to find 
when I have a situation like that, that it's more of an uphill. Very nice. And I, um, I forgot actually a really big one hand attack, solid hand attack. I mean, Dashiell is a summoner. All summoners need their cards. Yeah. Um, the way I tend to play Dashiell, I need at least two severes, one to get my drop at trigger and another to get my summon. Because yep. I'm not happy if I'm not getting at least a mounted guard. I'll settle for a rifle, but I want that mounted guard. Yep. <laughs> I want the executioner. So I'm looking for at least two severes in my hand, and I've got very limited card draw. If you're attacking my hand pretty hard, I'm scared. So and Lu- it's going to bad. Yep. Uh, Lucius bad. Um, Yoku. Yoku, I think, would be worse if she didn't struggle so hard with gun lines. Right. I think it's another. It's I think it's another skill cap level thing, though, because like I know you're saying you're looking for two severes. I'm looking for any mask higher than a five, and then maybe a severe, so I can get so I can get that enemy scheme marker out, and then some off of that. But if I know I'm playing somebody with hand attrition, I'm going to go with those two first, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. I'm going to get it out when I need to get it. Granted, it changes your order activations up, and that benefits them. But it's that's that's why I'm saying it's a skill cap thing. You need to know they can do that to you. It's a balance. Actually, uh, going earlier, absolutely, but I've also had games where I just can't get that five of masks to save my life, and it's incredibly frustrating because it has nothing to do with me. I will go through ten cards because all my tricks, all my things, I've got that lawyer waiting for the top of the discard pile to be what I need, and it just can't happen. Well, sometimes and, you just got to suck it yeah. up into summon a warden, you know? <laughs> That's what you got to do. Well, I mean, Greg's been there for a game where it's like the best I could summon at the end of an entire turn of searching was a four stone guard patrol. Yeah. And that is incredibly frustrating. But you know what? Guard, guard patrol also have their place. Answers to, answers, answers to questions. You're playing a Shenlong that is super, uh, Shenlong list Absolutely. that is super alpha strike, gonna come and kill Dashiell. Not with three guard patrol around you, not. You're gonna be hitting those patrol. And then I'm gonna murder you with an executioner. That's what's gonna happen. Nice. Yeah, guard patrol is a not great model. Uh, it is definitely not quite worth its stones, but. They're, dro- they're dropping a Seamus. Uh, they're dropping sometimes Vix uh, or, um, you know, somebody who can come in and alpha your boss. It's time for those guard patrols to huddle up and just deny whatever he's trying to do. I'll so what do it. they do? I, I still don't know what they do. They have take the hit. They have take the hit. Oh, okay. I will gladly let you uh, blow my four stone model away with your Seamus gun. Yeah. Yes. Not, not your, not, not, please use your AP to take out my guard patrol. And then I'll eat his body. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Which also, um, which also makes mounted guard even better. How so? Because whatever they're dropping off, because whatever they're dropping off, let's say they killed the mounted guard, now they have a guard patrol next to whatever oh, beefy thing they right, just dropped off. Right. So they dropped off an executioner. You killed the mounted guard. Now you have to get through that guard before you can even get to the executioner. That's and there are nice. also so many times like I'll have a guard, you know, deep in their territory near like a turf war marker or something. Somebody will kill, you know, the guard. To get rid of that, well, I can drop my, um, you know, my uh, replace guard patrol on the far side of the mounted guard, unengaged. Yeah, and now you can't, <laughs> you can't get that second attack in or anything. Like and that. you've just charged, so cool. Very nice, very nice. So, guys, we're going to take one more break. When we get back from this break, um, I want to talk about. Um, Kind of uh, places where we talk about Malifaux. Um, I want to talk about a weird place. I want to talk about the uh, Malifaux Facebook group. Um, both of these guys are on there. And uh, I want to talk about uh, what's great about them and what's frustrating about them. So we'll be right back. Hi there. This is Owen from the Nova Open. And 
I am a $5 patron of Third Floor Wars because I love supporting the whole Malifaux community. I want to help Craig and the whole Third Floor Wars team continue making the fantastic content that gets me through my daily commute. You should join me in supporting the show. Just pause this episode, head to patreon.com and search Third Floor Wars or grab the link in the show notes. See you there. Want to do a quick shout out for our all-time top patrons, Nick Westbrook, Craig Chuba, Stephen Morris, Kevin Smith, Sam Newman, James Hahn, Jeremy Peace, Ambrose Ingram, and Corinne Solez. It's because of you guys and gals that uh, we're able to do what we do. So guys, there's, you know, there's a lot of places where discussions about Malifaux happen. Obviously, you know, there's podcasts, things like that. There's um, uh, one of the things that I love about the North Carolina Meta, and I know a lot of other groups do it, is we have a group Facebook chat, which I think is just a fantastic resource. Um, but I think, you know, probably the two biggest ones are A Weird Place and uh, the Malifaux Facebook group, um, where you just see a lot of a lot of discussions happening. Now, Jesse, I happen to know that you do not, you avoid those groups from my understanding. So the first question is why? Uh, control issues, self-control. Um, I will get too engaged. Um, as I, uh, actually for our Lucius podcast, um, Gare and I had a conversation afterwards and he convinced me to get back onto some of these threads that I had avoided for a long time. Um, because there's a lot of really cool people and they're talking about it and they're exploring the game and um, they'll have good questions. They'll have bad questions. They'll have good ideas. They'll have bad ideas. I find I get too hung up on it and um, I can definitely become pedantic if I'm not watching right. myself. And that's not, you know, that's not a great atmosphere. Nobody wants that. Um, so it's the, not easiest the, best thing, you. <laughs> the easiest thing for me to do is um, largely avoid them and just sort of skulk around the edges from time to time. So out of curiosity, then Jesse, where do you like to talk about Malifaux? If it's not if if it's not online, uh, to myself in the shower, usually. <laughs> um, sometimes in the car. To my first uh, wife, my second wife. <laughs> yeah, we have um, we have a pretty active um, chat group in North Carolina. Yep. And uh, I have a number of people that I talk about um, different ideas they're having as they're sort of exploring guild on the sideline um, up in Virginia, Georgia, South Carolina, sort of around here um, that I've met through tournaments because, you know, I'm going to go plug um, the US Faux Tour. Uh, but as we've been playing more outside of just the state, I've been meeting these more people who are exploring yep. stuff. And so a lot of one to one threads and um, the North Carolina uh, Facebook group. Gotcha. I, I I stalk the guild threads though. I've I've read most of it. But you, you just you you stop yourself from uh engaging. I, I stop myself from engaging. <laughs> so speaking of not being able to stop himself from engaging, Adam. <laughs> um I, I know I know at times these these groups can frustrate you. So I want to start with the other side first, which is what value do you see in uh these Facebook groups? I think the Facebook the, the problem I have with the Facebook groups is that it's not even just a, it's not even a problem with the Facebook group. It's just it's just it is what it is. There are competitive players and there are casual players, and both of those groups of people are looking for different things. I think a lot of times when I'm talking about something, let's say Shenlong, because he's you know he's he's my the thorn on my side for right now. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of a thing. When I say Shenlong's broken or Shenlong needs to be nerfed, it's not salt. I love this game. This is by far my favorite game I've played in 20 plus years of wargaming. Yep. Um, it's the most balanced game. 
that I can think of, um, I, I enjoy it. When I complain about these things or when I commiserate about these things, it's not because I'm trying to dishearten anybody from playing it or or even just straight complaining about it. I'm talking about it because it's a problem that I see and I think it's something that needs to be fixed. And if nobody says anything about it, then we don't know it's a problem. Like there's an right. old adage, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. If nobody complains, nobody knows. I mean, some things are just some things are just above the curve, way above the curve. And then there are some things that are just really good. And there's some things that yep. are bad and some things that are really, really bad. And we need to bring that balance back into very good and kind of bad and keep it somewhere around the middle. Well, one thing I like, Adam, is that you acknowledge the fact that, that the gaps we see between the best and the worst in this game are much smaller than we see in other games, right? Um, and you said it a few times what, how uh, in- incredibly balanced the game really is. But that doesn't mean that it's perfectly balanced. It doesn't mean that you're trying to get it perfectly balanced. What you're doing is you're identifying the tops and the bottoms and saying, hey, this needs to be looked at. Um, And um, I think it's legitimate to say that, especially on you and I have had conversations offline a few times about stuff. You're not looking to turn Shenlong into a model that nobody wants to ever take, right? You don't want to destroy that keyword. What you're looking at is you want, you know, to bring him, bring him back in line a little bit, um, give some other a Ten Thunders Masters some opportunities to to hit the uh, hit the table, um, and I think that's reasonable. Um, what triggers you though, Adam? What it, like I think you kind of hinted around it, but um, there, what are things that you hate about it? About the groups? Yeah. It just- I don't think people are open to different opinions. I think a lot of people, if they have an opinion, they'll just sit on it and fight on that hill and not really listen to any constructive criticism. Something I've learned from being in the competitive scene in Tui and traveling around is that different metas have different play styles. In this, in, oh, this, yeah. in this podcast, we're talking about different play styles with one master. Neither yep. one of those is better. I've had a ton of success playing Dashiell. I'm sure Jesse has had a ton of success playing Dashiell too. Totally different play styles. Um, and a lot of people just can't get around that, that there's, there's different ways to play things and that their way is the best way. And there's really not a lot of open-mindedness. That's not just right. in the, that's not just in a weird place though. I mean, that's just Facebook in general. That's social media. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's frustrating, but I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it, it opens up. There's a lot of good to be had on there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ideas that get across. There's a lot of people that post their hobby pictures up and really a lot of inspiration on there. And sometimes you just have to filter through the arguing for arguing's sake. Um, something I would add to that, just following up on the play styles, is there's also you know just certain mindsets that people have. So even if somebody comes away from this tonight and says, I'm going to try Adam's play style, which by the way, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try a rifleman again. <laughs> and thing. But um, is people will try a build, or try a list, and they'll go, it's like, well, this is this is the oh, best list. This is what everything. It's net listing. I hate net listing. Oh, I hate net listing. <laughs> Play, build your own list. Um, like take ideas from other people. Build your own list. Uh, try a net list and then think, what would I change about it? But you'll have people who play that net list or what sounds like the best idea, and it doesn't work for them. And then they'll come on a thread and go, this is trash. And I was like, well, no. Maybe you just didn't use it in the right way, or it doesn't fit the way you tend to play. I'll argue, though, guys, that that's the nature of Malifaux, though. Malifaux is a game that is too intricate to, to not list. Oh, it is, but people will still people try. That's what turned me away from War Machine, was every every time you went to a War Machine tournament, it was the same lists. Like, to yeah. a T, you were seeing the same exact lists. You can't do that in Malifaux. And if you do, no. you're going to lose. 
Yeah, no question. So I'd be curious, Jesse, when you're, you know, uh, on the forums, when you're in a weird place, hell, when you're in the NC chat, what are things, what are things that you hear somebody say that you automatically to yourself go, this guy, this girl knows what they're talking about. Like they get it. Is there certain, is there certain indicators that um, tell you that uh, this person you, in your mind understands the game or just the opposite? Is there something, something that someone can say or do that makes you just immediately go, I don't care what is coming out of your mouth right now because I've completely written you off. Uh, outside of the obvious, if you got a rule wrong, like badly wrong. Yeah. I'm kind of done. Um, or if you're basing your whole logic on that, uh, it actually, it's an echo of what we were just saying. Um, you know, you like the people that sound like you. Yeah. So if I hear somebody talking about a list and going, well, you could do it this way, or here are some options, or I like to do it this way. Sometimes I mix it up. These people who are clearly thinking about fun, different ways to play with the list and working with it. I'm much more on their page than the person who comes in, just like we were saying, who says, this is the one true way. There is no other path. It's like, right. eh, you're probably wrong about that. And if you tell me your one true path, great. And you show up at the table with your one true path. I'm like, sweet. I'm a weirdo. I'm going to break your one true path. Let's have fun. <laughs> you, Adam, is there things that, um, that you see that make immediately either make you disregard or, or make you listen? I have to think about that one for a minute. Just give me a second. <laughs> he does not listen. No, I don't listen. I yell and scream backwards. Um, no, I mean, if, if people... I, I agree. If, if people are open-minded and they want to talk about things, I mean, I'm, I'm all about talking about things. And if they want to share information, uh, if they ask me for information, I'll gladly give it to them. It's just when, when you try and tell me that something is just horribly bad, then I can't necessarily agree with you if I haven't tried it yet. You know? Right. I mean, a, a lot of people... Again, netlisters. Oh, if, if, if you're coming to me and you're saying, hey, after every tournament... After every tournament, I can tell you one of the first three replies to the tournament postings are, what list did he play? Yep. Right. And that drives me nuts. If you're going to netlist, I I can't. I just can't have the conversation because it's it's not about netlisting of this game, especially especially if you want to play Dashiell. If you play if you want to play netlist and you're listening to this podcast to play Dashiell, you should probably find a different master because you just can't do it. I'm not well, even sure that we've given anyone a complete net list to work with. No, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, like structurally, we've come build, away with it'll be different every time. Have yeah, fun. and I build this podcast around that whole concept of the that it's not just a you know I can't write an article saying here's the seven models go. Um, you know we try to we try to attack these different keywords from several different angles for the exact reasons that you guys are talking about. It'd be a bad game if we could. It wouldn't have kept our interest. No, we wouldn't. I mean, this is why we don't play the other games. No, I completely agree. Completely agree. Well, gentlemen, that was excellent. I appreciate it. Um, Dashiell is, if I ever get back to playing Guild again, because that was my jam back in 2E, uh, Dashiell and Lucius are, are top of my list. Third is uh, Nelly. Um, I just find all, all three of those keywords to be absolutely fascinating. Um, I did find out online that Guild's garbage, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> Some tears. Um, some salty tears. <laughs> But uh, I am I, I do find uh, I do find those keywords uh, really interesting and Dashiell being new, um, I was really looking forward to this. Um, Jesse, do you have any plugs? I already shamelessly plugged your USO tour. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. How about you, Adam? Uh, I don't know if this, this will be out in time, but uh, February 29th, we're going to have a charity tournament at the Armory uh, War Games in Fairhaven. It's for uh, relief for Puerto Rico. Um, 
And also, March 21st, we're also going to have a 50 Soul Stone Gaining Grounds tournament out at the Armory in Fairhaven as well. Very nice. Cool. Very, we very have cool. a tournament in Raleigh on the 29th, um, and uh, we are a lot less charitable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw it, Adam. I saw that post that uh, that the uh, for the charity thing. I think that that was really cool. Is that something you coordinated through the store? Uh, there's a, some people uh, at the store that have relatives down in Puerto Rico, and uh, I guess the relief efforts down there really need some assistance. So they're, yeah, they they're do. so they're doing a full char- uh, a full day there, a charity day there with raffle and everything. And part of that is going to be part of the tournament. That's very cool. All right, guys. Well, this uh, this is not going to be the last time we hear you on the show, and I appreciate you taking the time. And for those listening, I appreciate you staying till the end. Take care. Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest gaming apparel and gear. While you're there, check out how the USFO Tour is shaping up. How does your conference compare to the others in the United States? Where do you rank nationally? Get those models built, painted, and on the table so we can see you at the U.S. Masters Invitational in October of 2020. Also, rate and write a review on this podcast for us. It really helps us find people almost as cool as you are. Thanks for listening. Howdy friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the US and Canada if you spend $100 or more. Swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. All the details are in the show notes. Howdy folks, Craig here. Now if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. It's funny because he just kind of went into uh, the second level there. Yeah, I saw my He's eliminating schemes as you go through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, funny. that's the second but, level. Right we, can, we, can still, <laughs> we can still call it out, though. We can still call yeah, it out. Um, so, Jesse, let's start with you. Um, and you know, this segment, the idea is, is that, yeah, when you, when you read, read the guard and you play him four or five times, you know, you're not going to see a few things, but after you get your 10th game in, you start seeing stuff that you didn't notice before. Um, and you know, what's, what's going to allow you to uncover that stuff and really, you know, get the most, the most out of them. Sure. I didn't realize we were going to talk about that. Well, you got to read the fucking call sheet. <laughs> I read that. Some fucking shit. I read that. I'm like, oh, this was made for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it may have something to do with Adam being on the uh, being a guest. Well, that's funny because I I avoid them. Like, I will have people name drop me and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not joining this conversation. I'm staying. Well, and, and that's something to talk about, Jesse. Right? I mean, there's a reason you avoid them, um, and finding out what that is uh, is good. In fact, I probably will start with you. So when you, when you are playing Turf War with him, is there any other models that we haven't talked about that you'll bring in because it's Turf War? Craig. Can you not hear me? Craig froze up. There we go. Nope. All right, I'll, I'll ask again. Very efficient, gentlemen. 
Just but we're still we're still chatting, which I like. Just plugging through. Um, we so, didn't even get to a, a lot of the models, I guess. No, see, that's the thing. The, There's so many models. The keywords of this keyword are versi- are uh, variety and exp- yeah. and expendability because all you talk <laughs> yes. is expendable. You just got to summon it back. It to die. <laughs> but it's also there's so many models. Like mm. like we're talking answers to questions. I mean, we still we haven't talked about wardens yet. Like wardens are huge. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that stuff like that'll come up in these pools, right? So yeah, when we start absolutely. talking about yeah. and second level play is where we'll, we can you know flex into those guys because it doesn't sound like they're core crew. Um, no, that's so, the thing. There's, there's yeah. really like three, four models that are like core crew, right. and everything else is just what what do you need? But let's get that tool out of the box. Um, so what we'll do here, and I'll probably start with you, Adam, is typically we're not going to go through all four strategies. What I want to hear is what what strategy screams Dashel and what's the strategy he's okay in. So we'll try to keep it to one or two strategies. Then we'll have uh, Jesse uh, offer his thoughts. And then from Jesse, we're going to find out the two, three, maybe four schemes that Dashel likes. And then uh, we'll circle back with you, Adam, on schemes that you don't want to pick if uh, the opponent declares guard. Okay? Okay. All right. That was good, ladies. Adam, I never asked if you make a lot of use out of the steward. I take the steward all the time. He's like an auto hire now. Right. He's like stapled in. Yeah, yeah. he has to be. <laughs> he is. Because, I mean, just, just to be able to get rid of the slow is huge. And it's the only way to make puppies, like, viable, to make the guild hounds viable, because you have to get rid of the slow, or when they activate next turn, they're still slow. Yeah. I mean... I... I, I, I personally don't like summoning hounds ever. No, it's it just hurts. a complete waste. It feels it like a complete waste of my time. But there are some instances where I, I, I can see the use form. Like if I need just if I need swarms of cheap models to throw to the corners or something like that. Right. Like I can. Right, right. We're on a break. We're on a break. This is good <laughs> shit. Save it. Save it. All right. I'll bring us back. And Adam, I'm going to start with you with your core crew. Okay. 